I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from the Benny Vera Digital Studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the recent roster moves, they'll talk about the dog shit 5 win pass, and they will chat with Padres Twitter legend Phil Hughes. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back everybody to this week's episode, maybe the greatest episode in podcast history. Definitely the greatest episode in the 5.5 podcast history. Uh, Phil Hughes is here today, not in studio, but we'll hear from him a little bit later on. I, I do want to thank you. I was a huge fan of the uh, of the Stephen Woods episode, but that's fine. Yes. Well, sorry, Woodsy, <laughs> but uh, you've been bumped. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I want to thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, for those that uh, don't know, I'll just uh, discuss it real quick here. But uh, the old Benny Vera Studios—that was my grandfather's name. Uh, my grandfather has. Uh, Unfortunately, passed away uh, last night through uh, cardiac arrest. Um, yeah, you uh, you texted me last night. I wasn't sure that this was going to happen today. This, uh, yeah. this Phil Hughes show, like, we're, I was so stoked about it. And Phil was DMing me yesterday. I was like, oh my god, like this is really happening. And then you send me that text, like, hey, you know, my my grandfather just passed. I want want to let you know. And like, dude, like, um, so when we first met, I I met AJ first, and like. AJ and I, we go back, what, 15 years? Like eight pant sizes. Like like a long time, a long time, dude. And I feel like your family's my family, too. And, like, it crushed me, too. And I'm just, like, I know how much he meant to your guys' family and, and everything. And I told you, I said, hey, man, like, this this podcast, the show means nothing. Like, let me know. I'll reach out to Phil. I'm sure he's okay rescheduling it. Just let me know. And sure enough, you're like, hey, no, we're, we're still in. Like, yeah, this, this, this is, show must go on. My like, grandfather. This is an outlet for me. My grandfather was a diehard uh, Padres fan used to have season tickets at the Murph for many many years. Um, had and I don't know if you've ever. I think you saw it when you came over uh, last year. We had a little party for uh, my uncle. Yeah, but a few yeah, a lot ago. Of, yeah, a lot of a lot of old school Padre memorabilia oh, yeah. you don't see around. So he's a diehard Padre fan, diehard baseball fan, um, and a good man. And yeah. uh, it's it's a it's a sad situation, but uh, everybody's time comes and and uh, I'll just say I'm glad I had him in my life. I'm very lucky to be 32 years old and have him for. Yeah. The the uh, basically a third of my life will have been spent with a, a good man as a part of it. So. Yeah, I mean it's like death is a part of life, but that never makes it easy. No, you know what I mean. No, 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 it doesn't. So it's, uh, I'm I'll give you props for coming here and doing this dumb podcast. Well, but. the way I look at it is I am not the type to uh, sulk. I was scolded by my mother this morning because uh, I went to the gym and she's like, "How could you go to the gym?" And I'm just thinking like, I don't know how other people deal with stuff. I'm not the type of person like I can't sit. Uh, sit down in a room and just sulk like it will kill me inside and I've touched on it here like about having anxiety and whatnot like I was having an anxiety attack we actually had to tell my grandmother who's also not as serious reasons but she's been hospitalized she has a she fell and um, tore some ligaments in her finger and and, uh, beat herself up pretty bad from falling down so she's been in the hospital lately um, getting rehabbed and whatnot and so um, she didn't know until this afternoon so we all geared up, um, uh, uh, quite a few of us, to go over there and tell her, which was heart-wrenching. And you don't really feel it until you get there. And then once I got there, you know, the anxiety starts kicking in. So I'm the type of person where I can't go sit alone in a room in silence. You know, the first yeah. thing I did last night, I hugged my daughter Mia. You know, I told her, Daddy loves you. He'll, he'll be here no matter what. And, you know, I, I have to be around people and I have to be doing something. So um, when you're like, hey, uh, if the podcast isn't going to go on, I'm, no, no, I have to do this. <laughs> I need the escape. I need to get away from from this stuff to, to keep it going. Dude, I, I completely understand. So June 8, 2010, 4.10 p.m., my dad took his last breath on this planet. And June 8, 2010, at 5.30, I was digging in the box at Helix High School, taking a nap bat. I went and played at Twilight. Yeah, that Twilight I was game. there. That same, I was on the team. That that same uh, same day. It's I don't just, know how the hell you did it, but yeah. I completely understand you. Like, you need an outlet. And for me, at that time, that's all I had. That was my outlet. And this is your outlet? Like, let's, let's rock and roll, dude. And yeah. to have Phil Hughes coming on today, that makes it even better part of me like I'll, I'll be honest dude like with this phil hughes thing so we we're gonna have sack bunt dustin on and we tried and tried and tried with skype and it fucked us 
it just wouldn't work. And Dustin, to his credit, hung in with us like the whole time. So my nightmare is that the Phil Hughes Skype doesn't work. <laughs> that would my, be our luck. That is my nightmare, dude. It's my absolute nightmare. But, I mean, if that doesn't work, worst case scenario, we'll go Friars on the farm route, and we'll talk to him on speakerphone and hold it right next to the mic. If we I have don't to. care. If I don't care how to. the sound quality goes. But I really want it to happen. Yeah. But. So there's a, there's a lot going on in, uh, in uh, Padre Land, which uh, we'll touch on. But yeah. uh, why don't we just go ahead and say, fuck it. Let's let's bring him on now. Let's go ahead and go get uh, Phil Hughes. Let's do it. Hold your horses. We're not bringing them in quite yet there. <laughs> You know what inspired me to do that? We are going to have Phil on here today. It was uh, Jesse Fritz at SD Fritz. He uh, he tweeted at me because I asked you guys for questions. And good God, you guys had some of the shittiest questions I've ever seen. I have not even bothered considering what's going on today. But so, uh, yeah, your response, your reaction when I got here, without the questions was not uh, ideal. Yeah, so Jesse, Jesse goes, uh, judging by your tweets, we can never be sure if this is actually happening. So I was like, dude, I'm going to put that on there just so people think for just a split second. Like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> But no, Phil, Phil Hughes is coming on. So we're, we're going to get uh, talking to him here probably towards the end of the show. Um, we want to talk about, uh, first and foremost, the roster moves. So there's a lot of moves going on over the weekend. Um, some games in Chicago against the Cubs. Uh, just as we were saying last week, I was listening back to our last episode last week, Tyson Ross, I said, hey, maybe he just gets DFA'd and Brett Kennedy gets a shot. Well, it turns out Tyson Ross, he was claimed on waivers by the St. Louis Cardinals, and Ponders just said, hey, go ahead. It's go basically ahead. the same. I mean, you know, DFA, you got to clear waivers, but it's essentially the same thing. You're basically saying you want to give this player away for free, um, and it opens up the roster spot. To Marver's credit, he's been talking about that for a while. Right. Um, but no, that, that's exactly what happened. Actually, him and Jordan Lyles. So that if you guys aren't, I'm sure most of you are aware, but just as a primer here, after the trade deadline, you can still trade players. Justin Verlander was actually traded in August last year. Right. So you can still trade guys. You just have to put them through waivers. So one of uh, one of three things happens if you put them through waivers. You put them through waivers, they clear. And then you can trade them to whatever. You put them through waivers and they get claimed. And then those other two options are you can either pull them back, which we've seen plenty of times. They did it with Brian Giles one year, much to my chagrin. <laughs> but, uh, um, or you work out a trade within 48 hours to move that player um, and then get, of course, some kind of compensation back. In this case, Preller went with the very rarely done, I'm just going to go ahead and just let them eat the contract. Right. So I do wonder, I'm like, I, I wonder, like for the Cardinals, I feel like, yeah, they probably need some pitching. They got some young guys. They seem to be doing a, a bit of a rehaul there uh, midseason, and they're still kind of in it. I wonder if the Brewers are like, yeah, we'll just throw in a claim because we don't want anybody else to get Jordan Lyles. Could and now, be. They're, <laughs> now they're stuck with him. Is he there, I, Randy Myers? Yeah, I could see, like, why a team would want Ross? Like he can go out there and give you five innings. Maybe he plays up in the bullpen as like a long man or a swing man. Like I could see Ross having some kind of valuable role on a team. You know, giving them some kind of uh, some kind of value. You know, not a ton, but but something. Whereas Lyles, I'm like, I don't I don't see any upside in Jordan. It's like, Jordan Lyles whatsoever. It's like Lyles had that one game where he had the no. He had like going. a run going, right? Like a two or three start run, and then just trash. Yeah. Just absolute trash. He even had an article on Fangraphs written about him about, hey, if he can <laughs> yeah. like keep up this like turbo curveball he's been throwing, and he just never. I think he got hurt. He, yeah. he got derailed, and he got hurt. I mean, I remember throwing a tweet out there. Well, the old Jordan Lyles is back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you mentioned Ross, and I mean Ross being claimed and just let go for nothing. That I mean, that kind of just. That irons in the the fact to me that I was wrong. Like last week, I'll admit it, I was wrong when I said, "Hey, you got to get something for him." Like, there's clearly nothing that was offered to, for Tyson Ross before the deadline, right? I mean, like no. that, that has to be the fact. No, like, I, no one was even willing to give up interna- international slot bonus. Yeah, for Tyson I, Ross. I agree. This is it. I love. I implore everybody. Please read Padres Facebook posts. Oh, Please read. There's a page called "You Know You're a Padres Fan." When it's great, but the actual official. Look, we know you're sad, but don't make us all fucking sad. <laughs> yeah, the <too>. actual <laughs> official Padres like page. The comments are fucking amazing. Yeah, just because it. I liken it to like my mom's level of knowledge as a fan. You know, she is a she's a Padre fan, but if she turns it on, they're losing. She hates it. Yeah. she turns it off. Um, and to her credit, she knows who Nolan Arenado is because every time he comes on, she goes, "I hate that fucking bastard. He kills the Padres." <laughs> but <laughs> that's funny. But she's the same way. Where you see like, oh, Tatis named. 
top prospect per Keith Law of ESPN. They're just going to trade him when he's good after a couple of years. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is typical. She Sounds fit right just in. like Eric Lockhart. <laughs> <laughs> She'd fit right in with the rest of those guys on, right. on Padres Facebook. Padres Twitter is much better. but um, No, but you saw a lot of like, I can't believe they didn't get anything for him. How could he just give him away? Let, let's just concede here. AJ Pro is a lot better at this job than any of us would ever be, right? right? I mean, he's there for a reason. And maybe you don't agree with all the moves, and no GM is perfect. No GM makes you know perfect moves all the time. But um, you know, I, I would imagine, and I would agree with you too, that they shopped probably Ross, Stammen, Yates. They probably and, and whatever else they had, they probably shopped them really aggressively at the trade deadline. They didn't get anything for them. I think with Yates and Stammen. It had, the same thing this year happened what happened last year. They waited too long to move them, and then the market got flooded with relievers. You know, Even the Nationals were, were letting guys go or moving guys. Sean Kelly got DFA'd, and they just shipped him off. So right. um, you know, it, it, you wait too long, and then it turns into a buyer's market, and now you've lost all your leverage, where when they traded hand, they still had leverage because nobody else was selling yet. Yeah. Um, and then with Tyson Ross, you know, like I said, he's a solid piece. I mean, he's... You know, gonna eat innings, five or six innings. He might give you a gem every now and then. You know, he'll he'll do okay to fill out the back end of your rotation. But for teams that need pitching, a playoff team isn't gonna go out and get a Tyson Ross to put them over the hump. Right, right. They, they, that's not the guy they want. Um, it's not like he's like Justin Verlander. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's more of like the Cardinals make sense because they're still kind of sort of in it, um, and they need some innings because they brought up a lot of young Low guys. Low risk. Yeah. Hey, let's let's take a shot. Yeah, five hundred thousand, I think, is left on his yeah. deal. So I agree with you. I think that. If Preller could have gotten anything for them of value, he would have. Maybe there was some. Maybe there was some some offers, you know, to to send guys over. But at this point, and I know you said Kevin AC in a not so articulate way mentioned it or hinted or insinuated in his uh, something is better than nothing. But sometimes something is nothing and something and stuff. Cue the Peter Griffin. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. But in this case, for the Padres. It, and I give credit to Barber because he's been saying this for like six months. It clears up roster spots for guys who could be a part of the future. I'm not big on, on Brett Kennedy. I don't know what he's going to be. I think he might be better than Walker Lockett, but I'm not expecting it. But you don't know what you're going to get out of him. So I'd rather them run him out there than Tyson Ross. I'd rather they want, run Wigginter out there, who we saw in, in the spring and we've seen before. I'd rather them run him out there than give innings to... Don't say Phil Hughes, I swear to God. What? No, why would I do that? I'll say that on next week's episode <laughs> when he's not on the show. Then then Lyle's coming out of the bullpen and getting innings, right? Right. So it, it's, addition, it's addition by subtraction. You clear up whatever money they're able to get. Because maybe he did get some offers. He said, you know what? Like... Our system is so deep. The Padres are running like three AZL teams yeah, <laughs> because basically. they have so much damn talent right. that they can't they can't get enough playing time for all these guys. Where they figure we don't need a twenty three year old lottery ticket in A ball or an eighteen year old lottery ticket, you know, in A ball. Like we have more than or in, you know in the fall league, we have more than enough talent. Who's the guy? Like the guy they got from Ryan uh, for Ryan Schimp when they traded him to the dude. Uh, I couldn't even fucking tell you who that was. Dion something Tinsel. Oh, t- oh uh, Tinsley. Yeah, t- the middle infielder. Yeah, from yeah. Tampa. I think he retired because he wasn't getting any playing time. Right. Yeah. Like that's probably something they could have gotten back for like Ross, like a Dusty Coleman type. They don't need those kind of guys anymore. They had they don't have enough roster spots. With all the guys they've already got. Are you telling me Taylor Lindsay doesn't get your dick card? No, I mean, he did at the time we got them trade, and then, you know, our (laughs) development team apparently sucked. But they don't need a Dusty Coleman type or Dion Tenzel or whatever his name was because they have so much depth now in the minors, especially the lower levels, that it's useless. They're they're better off just getting the money back, whatever Tyson Ross and Jordan Lazo, they get to save on that. They don't have to worry about optioning Lyles next year either. And they can move two young guys up. Who might be a part of the you know solution going forward? I think it was a great move. Personally, I loved it. I don't care that they got anything back. I look at it like we just traded Tyson Ross and Jordan Laws for Winter and uh, Kennedy. I think one of those two was already on the forty man, weren't they? I, I do think that's fair. I want to say Winter Winter was on the forty yeah. man. I want to say he was. We'll on have there. Conniff on in a couple weeks, and he can shit on us like he did when we <laughs> mispronounced Urias's name. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I, I like that when you look at it as it like a straight up trade like that. I like it because first of all. I, when I woke up in the morning and, and I was like, you know, I'm going to give I do want to say, speaking of waking up in the morning, you are very redneck today. You've got orange basketball shorts. <laughs> you haven't shaved. You've got hair coming off your shoulders and a very 
dingy mother of pearl white wife beater tank top on. Yeehaw. You look very, very, very East County, bruh. It is clobbering time. Yeah, it By is. By then, I mean, I'm heading to Bull so, Weevil after So, this. which East County are you? Are you, are you representing I'm Poway? Poway? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say Poway, Ramona, or Lakesad. Yeah. So I don't I'm, know if you're Lakesad ready yet. I woke up uh, the day when, you know, all this went down, these moves, and dude, my, my notifications were blowing up. Like, um, Eric, or Miserable Pottery fan, this was your moment, and uh, Rosenthal dropped a Ken bomb about Ross being uh, claimed off a of waiver. Ken bomb, is that what yeah. they call it? Yeah, he's like, he's like, man, you got you got scooped by a Ken bomb. Like, this was your moment to shine. What happened? And I'm like, God, dude. Like, it just reminded me, like, I'm so mad at myself for starting that Tyson Ross bit. Because <laughs> even that day, like, I was like, all right, man, trade deadline's over. Whew, man, it's done. And then, like, a few days later, it's like, hey, go fuck Literally yourself. days later. God, dude. Like, <laughs> it didn't even I'm last so, a week. Yeah, and I I think it was Chad, um, quote unquote, uh, part of Quintelligence at the Chomner. He's like, he's like, I'm so glad this bit is over. I'm like, dude, me too, me too. But like, I was, I'm so happy that that he's gone. And when you look at it, like what you said, like, hey, it's a trade. Like, trade, you're trading Ross, you're trading Lyles for Winginger and for um, Brett Kennedy. I like it. I Brett love, the Hitman Kennedy. I love seeing Kennedy get a shot. I mean, he's ten and zero in El Paso. He's ten and zero in El Paso, so he hasn't lost a game yet in the PCL. I'm gonna murder you. Which if is you, the next. Next time, the next time you mention his win loss record, it's going to be a solo interview with me and Phil. I'm just, I'm, I'm I don't want to hear about his win loss record. I'm stoked to see what's his ERA. His ERA is sitting at like what two point five. No, it's very good. He's had a lot of success, and, and he's our, done well in the PCL. Give him a shot. Yeah, our good friend John Conniff has been very high on him. He's been, he's been telling us in our own private personal thread that uh, that's a guy that we should look to because I called up Lockett. Um, I don't think people were too hyped because he got shellacked last time, but. Um, According to our our guys at Mad Friars, Brett Kennedy is somebody to look at. He's also in uh, Preller's first draft, anyways. So he's yeah. drafted in 2015. So it's another one of those uh, one of those hidden finds, not named Austin Smith, that's coming up to uh, <laughs> to us see if he can contribute going forward. Two point seven two ERA. Very good. What's his K through nine? Uh, K nine for him right now. Let's take. That's it. the stuff I look at in the minor leagues because ERA is hard. Yeah, you know, he's at 8.1. There you Strike go. That's pretty good. Nine. What's the walk rate? 2.3. I'll take Strike it. That's pretty nine. good. He deserves a shot. Absolutely he does. He deserves a shot more than pretty much anybody else in the rotation right now other than Lauer and Lucchese. And really for um, 89 innings to the PCL, he's he's limited the long ball. He's only given up six home runs. Good. That so, tells me he keeps the ball uh, away from the middle of the plate. Yeah. I mean, he's something he's doing, Eric Lauer should learn to do. <laughs> he's doing he's doing just enough. Like he's doing great right now. So twenty three years old, we'll see him. He's going to make his start Wednesday, um, which as we record Monday is two days from now. There you go. That's my Sweeney says for the day. Oh. Um, so he's starting Wednesday in Milwaukee. So I mean, how he does in Milwaukee? Eh, it's kind of like we said with with uh, Lauer when when he made his debut in. Coors or in Colorado at Coors Field, we're like, hey, we're gonna take it with a grain of salt because it's Coors Field. I feel like the exact same way for yeah. Milwaukee or Brewer Park, whatever the hell, Miller Park, Miller Park, there Miller Park. I feel like that place is a hitter's haven. Oh so, yeah, th- uh, that the first game jitters, the adrenaline. We uh, don't know what he's gonna get. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. You know, Lucchese was able to kind of, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, get. I feel like Lucas like it's like a boxing match where you just make it through the first round. Right. <laughs> like you're getting beat up. It's like yeah. an MMA match. You get taken you get knocked down a couple times, you take some hard shots, yeah. but you're able to make it out of the first round. Yeah. That's how I would describe Lucchese's first start, which was funny enough against Milwaukee. Right. Um so that's kind of what I'm hoping to Brett Kennedy. I, I want to see how he navigates through a lineup. I really want to see That's a good lineup too. It yeah, it ain't uh boy, just Lorenzo Cain proving what I have been saying since uh, those Royals players hit free agency. He's the best player from that team yeah. to lead that team. Yeah. But, um, no, it's a great lineup, so it'll be a good challenge in a tough ballpark. I just want to see how he navigates to the lineup and see how stuff plays, particularly the second time through. Yeah. I mean, with, with these moves going on, I part of me wished, or maybe there's still a chance, but for Perella to be gone. Um, Clayton Richard, no one's going to take him. But, like... I don't know. You man. never know. I, I feel like I feel like maybe Preller's sticking. I'll put him through waivers and see if uh, somebody take him. Preller, I could see like coming. I mean, you have some better options, but he could Preller be a sucks, decent dude. He could be a decent bat off the bench because he can play first. Uh, I don't know if he could play first, probably, but he can at least play second and then play a corner outfield spot. Right. You know, as like a backup. So that's a guy I'd love if they if he uh, got claimed. They just said fuck it and uh, let him go. That'd so, be amazing, actually. Here's something. Since the last time we recorded, um, we were really excited because Will Myers, well, I mean, yeah, kind of excited, but still, you know, keeping our guards up. But Will Myers taking ground balls at third base. And then he fouled a ball off his off his foot, and now he's on Ouch. a 10-day DL with a, a bruise bone bruise. or bone bruise, whatever. 
To which uh, someone someone called him. Who the hell was it? I think it was Luke, that South Bay scum. He said that. Oh God, I was just. He called him South the Jason Verrett. He called him the Jason Verrett of the Padres. And like he that, actually plays though. Like when's well, the last I, time Verrett actually played? I know, and I know that was kind of a joke from Luke. But then someone else, he's like, um, he goes, "Hey man, what was that you said about Myers playing every position?" I'm like, dude, he fell a ball off his foot. Yeah, it had nothing, it's like a fluke injury. That's like, that's like uh, Giancarlo Stanton getting hit in the face. It's like, oh, he always gets hurt. He always gets hurt. <laughs> like, chill the fuck out, dude. He fell a ball. It's he not like the wrist issue, right? right? Like the first, his first, his first two years. Uh, we well, only played two years in Tampa, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I think it, I think you're right. Yeah. So his, his second year in Tampa and his first year with us. Yeah, there was a wrist issue. It was the same damn injury. It kept lingering over and over again. He got it fixed, and he played two full. He played two healthy seasons. Yeah, the All Star year, and then last year he was healthy. He was fine this year. He had a freak oblique injury, which sucks. Right, and then he fouls a ball off his foot. It's not like it's like a nagging injury. It's not Tony Gwynn's degenerative knee that just keeps getting worse and worse. It's these are like fluke injuries that sometimes. Guys just go through. You yeah, know, sometimes it, it happens. It's not something I would expect to linger too long. I think he'll be fine. It does suck, though, because he was raking. He's already putting up two war. He is already... Uh, that's that's anytime... You know what? From now on, anytime you go with wins and losses, <laughs> I'm just going to fucking bring up war and see what you think. Yeah, that's but, fine. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rand Platty, he, he added me on, on uh, Twitter. He's good like, luck. He's like, you don't like war? And I was like, I don't have the time or patience to get into this. <laughs> Has he gotten into you with the framing <laughs> metrics yet? Yeah, no, no, so, I was like, I, yeah, I don't I don't have the energy for this right now. But I dare you to tell him you don't think... Uh, you don't think framing metrics should be included in war? Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that. <laughs> um, also, another guy raking, Austin Hedges. He's raking so well that he's almost a league average with the bat. <laughs> no, the way he said that is so, such, it's such an insult. Well, the thing Backhanded is, compliment. I mean, that's that, it's kind of what I'm going for. Because the guys, you listen to guys that were bluntly podcasts, and they're just stroking themselves about Hedges going off on this big streak. <sighs> like, I don't care. Uh, or maybe... maybe I mean, getting, I care. I, I do. But maybe them getting Mejia lit a fire under his ass. Maybe. Now, I mean, meanwhile, down in El Paso, Mejia is raking. It's through 10 games, okay? Like, I know it's through 10 games. But his slash so far, 382, 436, 529. Like, the guy is on fire, dude. He is smashing And we right saw now. that video of him smoking that full at second base. It's like, good God. Like, I, part of me wonders, like, one, are we going to see Mejia this year? And then, two, are we going to see Urias? Yeah. I feel like for sure we're going to see Urias because of 40-man restraints. Um, Mejia's on the 40-man. Yeah, so because... I would say that we're going to see yeah. both of them within the next month. I would assume so. By the way, shout out to Josh at uh, Purple3M. Josh is the man. He is the man. He's coming shout up... Shout out, King. Big time, man. Big th- I fucking... That's probably my favorite follow on Twitter right now because that's how I get my Padres baseball in. I just follow Josh for about an hour just to get all these videos in, but... Yeah, him and uh, Tex Padre. Yeah, Tex Padre's work. got some good stuff. Great. Doing God's work, gentlemen. Yeah. Doing God's work. But yeah. no, Mejia, I mean... You can watch video, but seeing video live in games, Jesus Christ, he has some bat speed and a half. He does. I mean, I feel like he fucking laces everything. Everything is a stroke. Um, So I think you're right. I think it lit a fire under Hedges' ass. I also think that getting hurt, like Hedges last year was a big struggle for him, but I think this year like getting hurt um, didn't help him much at all. And then now that he's healthy, you know, and he's been working on some things, um, he's getting to that point where you could see why they would run with him, but... To me, it's great that he's doing this. I would still rather have Mejia. I know Rand Platty's going to be, you know, talking about the framing <laughs> metrics, making Hedges like a five-war player. I, 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 I think framing metrics are still a work in progress, as are all defensive metrics. I just, I like Hedges, but I, I, fi- I feel like Mejia has higher upside. I feel like Mejia's talent plays up at catcher more than one in the outfield or at third base, um, where he's probably not going to be defensively good anyways. Right. So. I love hedges, but I'm I've officially moved on because I I'm believe dreaming a better on option that arm. Exists. Yeah. I'm dreaming on that arm from Mejia, and you know I hate platoons. I hate platoons. Like you know that. And he's I, a switch hitter. The Why the hell would you platoon him? Well, part of me wonders if to kind of break him in and get him get him used to the speed of the game. Maybe they Who's kind managing of, Bud Black. Well, I feel like it's different for catchers because catchers yeah. don't play every day. Like they need a blow. You know, like they need time off. So like part of me wonders if you bring him up and you have hedges catch four games a week and Mejia catch three. Like, I don't know what that does to the pitching staff and, like, handling the pitching staff, but who cares? Right? Like, who gives a shit? So, that I mean, I wouldn't mind if they bring him up and it's like, hey, Mejia, come on up. Um, Austin's going to catch four days. You're going to catch three. You know, get to learn the pitchers that are up there now, even though a lot of them aren't going to be around for, for uh, the next great Padre team. But, 
you know, give him some at-bats, give him some looks. Don't, don't fucking, don't pull him up. Like what happened with Austin Hedges when he got the call in, what, 2015? Where he yeah. came up and he sat and got ice cold on the bench. See, that's what I don't like. That's what don't I think about that. learning the speed of the game. Because like I, I've said this a thousand times on this podcast. I don't know about you, but I never learned how to do anything that was physically involved sitting on my ass watching other people do it. Yeah. So well, I I did that with sex. <laughs> I think sex is the one is the one thing that we could we could actually watch. That's still the, not good. Those at are it. instructional videos, right, though. You still right. have to do it to try to improve. I mean, to go from uh, I was watching. So, Tom so did you go porns. to uh, did you go to organizational depth to non prospect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to uh, uh, the twenty sixth man or uh, up and down guy? Man, we're bringing Phil in in a couple of minutes. So uh, just assuming great. he's uh, he's going to stick to us uh, yeah. as soon as he hears us and not have a cease and desist before the end of the night. But yeah, no um, shit. Oh, no, I, I feel I, like it's different for catchers. For I catchers, do too. you know, give him. I think you could split time behind the plate, and I'm fine with that. I think you could split time. I think if he comes up, I'm okay with him missing a couple of days to just kind of watch because there's a couple of things you have to to understand. And I actually I can't remember who said it, but somebody said in terms of trading for catchers at the deadline, it's like it's a tough sell because that catcher has to learn the entire pitching staff. You're talking about 12 to what 15 guys as much as 15 guys yeah. that you have to learn. You have to learn the team's game plan. You know, each pitcher, uh, the signs, like there's a lot, you know, catching is incredibly in depth from a, you know, as a position. So I could understand if he comes up and if like for the first week, hey, you know what, you know, we're playing an American League team, so we're just going to have you DH. Uh, maybe we'll, you know, get you a couple pinch hit spots. For the most part, you know, we're going to kind of let you just kind of, you know, get a feel for things for the first three to five games. But after that, he needs to play every day. Yeah. Like, Hedges has to sit. I, I mean, think Hedges is going to be a great backup. <laughs> I, I think so, too. I think that was And that ceiling. pisses a lot of people off. But, but I don't care. It is what it is. It's just crazy to me. Like, uh, it, we were talking last week, and we've said all along, like, if you can get an everyday position player, especially a guy like Mejia, up for a middle. couple arms for, like, relievers. Like, when I watch these highlights that Josh, um, that Josh is posting, like, uh, Mejia homer, Mejia double, Mejia single, all these hits, and every time I see those, it's not to the level of, like, oh, my God, we got this guy for James Shields. That's yeah. you at Tatis. But I'm like, God, dude, we got this guy for two relievers. Like, a guy A who, scrap heap, a uh, failed yeah. starter, and a guy who's just floating around and was a non-prospect. And, and Brad Hand is good. But, I mean, like, to, to sit there and, and think that, it's just, it's crazy, dude. Especially at a premium position, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like we got some schlub, like, you know, left fielder or something like that. Like, we got a premium position for the next six years yeah. out of Brad Hand and, you know, Adam Simber. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, I'm... I'm I'm stoked for it. I, I hope to see him soon, him and Urias. As do I, and I think that'll be a, a winning combination for the future. Speaking of winning, or lack thereof, the five-win pass plan. We've been wanting to get to this for a couple weeks, but we've been uh, swamped with all this uh, material we've had to go over the last few weeks. But uh, the five-win pass, Eric, and I use this term lightly, quote-unquote, great return of investment if you're a Padre fan. Oh, and the joke is always, uh, oh, hey, that's, you get to see the rest of the season. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, the, It kind of is. I the mean, five look at how they've been playing. The five-win pass is basically the movie pass of baseball. Which is funny because, <laughs> and and when I saw recently, the movie pass went under. I'm like, Not under. Well, uh, they they're did, about to. They, they did. Uh, they're they, failing they, miserably. They, oh, I just canceled my pass because uh, of late, they introduced sur- uh, surge pricing. So yeah. they basically make you pay, I saw five to eight bucks for high you know high demand movies they also started limiting showtimes and they eliminated movies altogether i've been wanting to watch mission impossible since for like two months we uh we went to look yesterday and there was no movies available yeah and like they give you one it's like one time for each movie like through the entire day mm-hmm. so it's failing and it's failing fast the only it's- ones i can see uh, the only ones i see where they like you can go watch whatever you want are the e-ticket ones if you want to drive out to like Sinopolis, Del Mar, or yeah. fucking Vista. So it kind of makes me feel like a dope because I used to always at the Padres, hey, man, it'd be great if I had a monthly ticket pack. But you can still failed. do it. And you it, can still do it. Well, I know. So I'm, I'm switching over to the AMC. Act. As am I. Uh, but the thing is, it's like, I, I was kind of thinking that. I was like, man, I, I feel so stupid because I was adding the Padres and I was telling them all this shit. And now look at MoviePass just failing. So I was thinking about it. I was like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you go to the movies and you buy concessions, as my wife and I do, MoviePass doesn't see any of those revenues. No, they tried. The Padres tried. would. Yeah, the Padres would. The Padres would. would. So if you guys were to introduce some sort of nominal monthly fee, you show up, you get to go to, to all the games, spend money on concessions, do whatever the hell you want. Like, the Padres continue to fail to do that. And it's like, so you... Basically, what the five win pass is for those you don't know, you pay ninety nine dollars, it's hundred dollars a month, and basically you get to go to games until they win five home games. So if they win the first five home games, boom, you're done. It was twenty dollars a ticket, which is still 
Oh, very good. Okay. I mean, it's okay. Um, but if they play what 15 games at home and they don't win five, then you went to 15 games for 100 bucks. So it's kind of the, the gambler in me likes that because you're taking a risk. And they're terrible. And they're terrible. Aren't they like but, within a half a game of the White Sox right now? Yeah. <laughs> for the number three pick. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> Come uh, on, White Sox. We're working Let's on it. Let's go, Moncada. Yeah, we're working on it. That's for sure. But it's just like I don't understand what the Padres have against that. And, and we, we've been bitching about this forever. It's like for me, what, what – I have the biggest problem is I think with the five win pass is like they introduced that last year and then this year it's like hey like remember last year we're giving you the same fucking thing they took away like seat upgrades and stuff like that so actually it's worse than last year it's like they're movie lazy. passing themselves it's extremely lazy like think of something more creative to get people into the ballpark like to see the laziness from that i just i don't understand it dude you see what the oakland a's are doing oh my god yeah so for and those who don't know i know it's different climates different you know ballparks yeah, but, and everything but, but oakland gets premise. a pretty good turnout like they have a pretty strong core fan base it's not like they don't have fans yeah. they're not they're not the fucking tampa bay race like they have fans they just have they play in a fucking cesspool right but fan base wise they have a pretty strong fan base so right. Why can't the Padres do that? We went to the game um, last week with uh, Andy Mazzone. It was, I mean, the, it was the Giants, but still, it was a pretty good turnout. It's still a great turnout. There were still plenty of Padre fans in the building. I don't understand why they don't take advantage of, pe- of uh, Park in the Park. I keep saying this over and over. I loved Park in the Park when they first opened it up. Had dreams of when I would have a kid. I just go pay ten bucks to get us in, hang out at the park, and watch the game. How's that working? It's not because I'm not paying fifty dollars to go sit on the grassy knoll. Right. So it, it doesn't make any sense. Like I would pay, I would pay fifty bucks a month to go to any home game at Park in the Park. Or would you? Any home game. 50 all, bucks a month, yeah. All 81 games. And Absolutely. you can hang out at Park in the Park. They've got the fucking eateries out there. They've got, uh, you know, the deck. So you can hang out on the top deck. You just can't go on the actual sun deck because I know that's special. Right. But, I mean... For 30 or 50 bucks a month, I would absolutely do that. Yeah. I would absolutely do that. Without hesitation. Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah. They're not taking advantage of the one of probably the greatest perk of their park. One of the things that makes their park one of the more unique parks in, in the game in that it has like this kind of like backlot feel where you can still watch the game, get the in-game experience, but what used to be a really family-friendly way to do it. If you're now, a family of four, you're going to drop $100 to go to the fucking park in the park? Now, they recently introduced something, and forgive me, I don't have the exact thing here, but they opened up, I want to say it was one or two sections in Toyota Terrace for military families. Did you see that? Yeah. And it was like, what, five bucks a seat for military families only? And I'm not going to go full uh, Friar Phil, uh, <laughs> Chucky Bear. I'm not going to go full Friar Phil here and say that you know the military doesn't deserve that, because they do. I mean, they fought for our country way more nuts than you and i have but like if you can do that for the military like you can think of something more creative than a five win plan for the everyday joe that loves the team like i at them on facebook all the time i'm like hey padres you guys suck (laughs) and a lot of us still want to go to games despite that so make it a little easier for us please so i don't i don't know man but one reason why i love going to games is i love saying hi to my great friend phil hughes (laughs) and we have said hi he's seen us quite a bit yeah as you guys listen, if you he listen, he can last confirm week, we have faces for radio. Yeah, yeah, flipped us, uh, flipped me a baseball that got yeah. stolen away by some snot-nosed kid. So um, I can't believe that your freaking half-pound Angus beef hands <laughs> could not reach the baseball. When I told it you, man, it's like Plinko. It kept going away from Jesus, me. Jesus, and you're uh, supposed to be a first baseman. Yeah, we're we're gonna go ahead and uh, bring him in. I, I mean, we're about to. Uh, we're not him. gonna Rick roll you this time. I promise. I promise. <laughs> we're gonna try him on Skype, man. If it works, um, I'm stoked. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna see about bringing him in. We'll be right back. All right, so we are here, guys. It is happening. I'm beyond stoked right now. We are joined by Padres Twitter legend King Phil Hughes. Phil, how's it going? Good, man. How are you guys? Good, good. Uh, we we really appreciate you coming on, man. It's uh, not a lot of players on the Padres are active on Padres Twitter. Are you kind of trying to uh, change that? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, when I first came over here, a lot of, uh, you know, reaction I got on Twitter was a little bit skeptical of the, um, of the move that was made to get me. And so I figured, you know, what better way to just kind of like embrace it than, you know, be interactive with fans on Twitter. And there's nothing I can do about it as a player, you know, so why not 
kind of make the most of the situation. Exactly. And, you know, it, it kind of stems. So this all stemmed from um, when when you were introduced as a member of the team. A lot of us went and Phil, I'll be upfront with you. A lot of shit that happens on Padres Twitter. We don't even know why it happens. It just happens. But we were asking how many pints of Stone IPA you can drink before you start to feel buzzed. And next right. thing we know, you're telling me if I get 3000 followers are coming on our podcast. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give me any uh, any background on that that IPA thing? Because I, I didn't indulge anyone with it, and I'm not going to. But I just want to know like where that came from. Yeah, it's again like we don't know why we say a lot of shit. Like some guy, some guy said it, and a, one of our favorite bits on Padres Twitter is just take something that someone says and repeat it as many times as we can until it's I've answered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The IPA thing was a very organic yeah. and you know phenomenon that just caught on. Yeah, so randomly. I mean, Speaking, speaking, kind of of uh, Twitter and interacting with fans. So a couple things. Um, I mean, the uh, I don't want to speak for you, but highlight of your career, you won the World Series in two thousand nine with the New York Yankees. Um, more recently, you won the Padres Twitter Championship when you beat uh, Pimp Lord six one nine. How did the two <laughs> compare for you? You know, they're kind of right there. Um, I haven't gotten a, so I have a ring for winning the World Series, and I really haven't received anything. Uh, for for winning Padres Twitter, so I'm kind of disappointed in that. I was at least expecting like a ribbon or a trophy or something I can put on my mantle <laughs> next to, you know, a World Series ring and, and some other things I have. But we'll we'll see if it eventually comes in the mail or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, we're working on that collectively as one Padres Twitter. We're working on that. So you drew you drew a little bit of criticism for uh, tweeting out um, asking for votes in the semis when you're facing uh, Ryan Cohen, birthday boy, by the way. Very happy birthday to Ryan Cohen. Do you feel any regret? for asking for votes on Twitter? You know, I kind of do. It kind of feels slimy now after the fact, thinking about it. But anytime you, you put a challenge in front of me, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm going to do everything it takes to win. Um, but I, I did get Ryan tickets, so I feel like we're, we're good now. Yeah, yeah. it's actually... Now, number one, that's called campaigning for anybody that doesn't know. So I don't know why anybody would get on you for it. Uh, number two, with Ryan, you mentioned you gave him tickets. He had uh, 500 retweets to get mm-hmm. the uh, tickets. Um, that brings me to two questions. Number one, how do we get free tickets? And uh, more seriously, um, since you've gotten here, what's been your experience just in general on Twitter with fans, and then uh, you know with Padres Twitter so far? Now that you're you're kind of a legend nowadays, so what, what's been your experience in general on Twitter, and then with Padres Twitter? Uh, yeah. So your first question, um, you know, I kind of had to raise the bar a little bit with the tickets because I noticed that Padres Twitter like really turns up when there's like free stuff at stake. <laughs> And that cost me like sixty bucks, so I was kind of like, uh, you know, maybe well, it's I'll out make of pocket. Retweets next time. Uh, so yeah, but uh, in regards to your other question, I mean, I feel like the fans have been great. You know, there's obviously those, uh, you know, a couple people that you know will try to be as trolly as they can, but they're obviously they're honestly like the most fun um, to deal with on Twitter because there's there's always a chink in the armor. You know what I mean? Like you can go onto any trolls like. Uh, Twitter and easily just usually it's their picture and you've got something immediately right. or if not you scroll down a couple more um, a couple more lines and something in their bio stands out like there's always a weakness so I like those people yeah now when you can break it down and be honest with me when you saw some asshole tweeting at you at the crying Jordan his name was miserable Padre <laughs> fan what was what was your thought process like oh there, here's another troll yeah, I was kind of like, here we go again. But you know, after, uh, you know, just from talking to you a couple of times, I was like, all right, this guy's cool. You know, he's just tired of rooting for a Padres team that hasn't been good for a while. And, you know, everybody understands that. I get it. You know, it's like nothing. Everybody kind of realizes, you know, where we're at. It's just a matter of um, changing it. And it's not like I can do anything personally to do that. I mean, all I can do is, you know, pitch relief innings. So, um, you know, but after, it was it was funny, like talking to you a couple of times and then, <laughs> you know, being like, hey, 3,000 followers and I'll come on your podcast. And then, which, how long did you have 3,000 followers? Uh, <laughs> You've been exposed. Well, I, I had them for about a week or two. I got to say, like the 5.5 podcast, we have a huge following in India and the Philippines. So <laughs> for, for all those guys, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And I'm very happy for them. Now, one thing I do want to ask. So whenever I go to games now, I make it a point. I want to be out there in the left field uh, in the bullpen. So I want to make sure you see me then. And I want to stick around after the game. So the last time that we were at the game, um, you were walking in and uh, you were walking with Mayton. And what I want to know is when Danny and I were sitting there and we're bowing, we're like, oh, hail King Phil. Phil Mayton didn't think we were talking to him, did he? 
<laughs> well, it was funny. He kind of figured it out. I think it was before that game or maybe a previous game uh, when you guys were yelling. And he was like, I had no idea it was good. Like, he thought it was for him. <laughs> he's like walking down to the cave we have down there. And he's like, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I thought like, uh, you know, I thought somebody was like wanting a ball or something. But they're like, no, Phil, Phil. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's these guys from Twitter. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and he was like, okay, all right. <laughs> so. That poor guy, he got his hopes up. We didn't mean to do that. You can you can give him our apologies. Um, Phil, you mentioned um, you know with Eric's uh, username and then the, just the Padre fan base in general on Twitter being frustrated, you know, deservedly so because the Padres haven't been good in a while. Um, you were on the Twins in 2016. They lost 106 games. 103. 103. I thought well 103. Excuse me. Um, I've always been interested in what the what the take is from a player standpoint going into spring training prior to a season like that playing out like is there optimism is there like a feeling like is it like in uh major league where you're the indians and hey we can win this thing or is it you're showing up you kind of understand the circumstances you're going to do the best you can to compete and try to help the team win but you kind of know where the team stands prior to the season starts right Uh, yeah i mean you look at it two ways like um you know, obviously, some of the veteran guys, you know, myself included, AJ Ellis, um, Clayton Richard, you know, we come to the field every day trying to win. And that, and that becomes difficult when, you know, the vision is on the future, if that makes sense. Right. And, you know, because we, we know that we're not necessarily part of, you know, what this team is building for. But at the same time, we don't like losing. And every day we come to the field, we're trying to do the best we can to win a baseball game. So, you know, it becomes kind of difficult. And, um, but that's where we kind of have to just keep everybody together and, and realize all we can do is go out and win a game today and not necessarily get caught up on, you know, prospects and, and how they're doing and next year and, and things like that. That's going to kind of take care of itself. And that's what the front office is there for. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, there's two ways of thinking about it. Like we can either think about next year, think about spring training and who's going to help us or just focus on winning games now because we might not be, um, the people they're looking for in the future. So. That's kind of that's kind of our thought process on it. You know, as players, we can only worry about the now, and we kind of let everybody else worry about the future, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know, there's always like talk about the uh, the clubhouse guys. Like um, before the season started, for example, everyone was talking about how they loved Eric Hosmer and what he brings as far as leadership to the team. Um, do you have you kind of been at this stage in your career? Are you more of like a hey, you'll take a rookie under his wing and kind of show him the ropes, or is it kind of more like hey, they'll figure it out? I I have a job and I have an ERA that I have to worry about. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. You know, I, I feel like there's so much time away from, um, you know, actual games and, and preparation when we're at the field that you kind of have to um, do some other things with your time. You know, whether that's, um, you know, whether that's taking a young guy under the wing or, you know, just, you know, being there for a laugh, which I feel like I'm decent at sometimes. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's all about just, you know, being there for whoever needs anything, you know, whether that be, you know, a young guy that, you know, isn't doing something he's supposed to be doing or, um, you know, whatever it may be. So, you know, you kind of try to do everything. And I feel like um, veteran guys, especially like Hosmer and Clayton, you know, they've been here a while. So it's kind of, that's up to them. I've only been here a couple months now. So, um, you know, I try to just, you know, kind of find, you know, where I fit. And, you know, if that means, you know, making guys laugh or, you know, you know, keeping guys loose in the clubhouse, whatever it may be, or, or being a better presence, you know, I kind of just try to do that. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You talk about, you know, finding where you fit in, kind of more between the lines there, the role in which you're at now. I mean, I don't want to say mop-up. I don't want to say <laughs> You can say it. I say okay. it all. I mean, every train needs a caboose is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, the he's going to hang up on us if you keep it going. No, I mean, so I mean, you, you mentioned can have, you can have position players pitching every night. You know, you kind of have to have that. <laughs> it's, a <fair> <laughs> it's a fair point. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned Phil earlier, always wanting to win. The role in which you're at now, you know, if we're either up by four or five or down by four or five, you come in, you get it, you get a look. Like, are you content with that role, or is there always like that that desire to kind of move up, maybe a setup role or, or prove yourself? Yeah, I mean, you're always, you know, you're always striving to have, you know, more high leverage situations. And the only way to do that is to pitch well. And, you know, so I, I feel like I've had a couple outings where I've been all right. And then and then I'll have one where I give up a couple and it's frustrating. Um, but, you know, you try, you always try to just turn the page and think about, okay, how many, you know, how many scoreless innings can I put together? And then we'll see where things go. So, you know, that's all it is for me. And and as a, as a major leaguer, you take pride in, in every inning you pitch, whether it's a, you know, close game in the ninth inning or you're, you know, down by a bunch of runs. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. that part's easy it's just a matter of um 
you know, and gaining that, you know, trust in your manager that you're going to get put in better spots. Yeah, that's and then and then when you do have a good inning, or actually anytime you have any inning, you come off and then you probably check your Twitter afterwards. And you see the crying <laughs> Jordan guy says, "Phil Hughes owns you. Sit the fuck down." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So even if it wasn't a good one, you know, I always uh, I always have that little bit of confidence boost afterwards. So I yeah. appreciate. it. For sure. Now, um, ever since you came to San Diego from uh, the Twins, you're striking out people more consistently. Was there a mechanical adjustment that you made or just change scenery? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I think that, you know, I kind of went back to a couple of things that were working for me, you know, kind of a few years ago and um, I've kind of tried tried to, to make some adjustments there, mainly with like my arm side cutter. Like I've tried to um, incorporate that more and more and I've gotten a few more punch outs on that um, you know really it's just about you know trying to stay as aggressive as I can because even in the innings that I do get um, if it is kind of that mop-up role type situation um, the last thing you want is guys you know coming in and walking people so I've just really tried to stay aggressive and um, you know even with my forcing fastball just kind of keep the ball on the plate and um, attack guys because there's nothing position players hate more than when they're in a blowout situation and they have a guy that's not throwing strikes. I mean, as a guy that's watched that happen so many times, it's, it's really frustrating. So the one thing I do take pride in is throwing the ball over the plate. So, um, I feel like that's kind of been the, uh, one of the adjustments that I've made. Yeah. And it's obviously led to a, a lot of success as far as strikes go. Um, pretty controversial call, uh, with the Anthony Rizzo the other day, Angel <laughs> Hernandez behind the plate and, uh, a, a questionable strike three call, um, which just keeps pushing the idea of robot umpires or a digital strike zone um, more and more into the forefront because the technology obviously exists. I'm sure you guys have the game on in the clubhouse or a TV, and you see the strike zones right there on the TV for everybody to see. What's your take on that, Phil, about doing a, a I may not robot ump, but like a digital strike zone where you have the home plate umpire there being fed in the balls or strikes calls and taking that part of the human element out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of all for it. I, you've seen it more and more now. I mean, I don't know of any TV broadcast that doesn't have the box around the plate, um, which I feel like takes away from the game a little bit. Um, you, I mean, you can give me your opinion on it, but I don't like looking at a box for every single pitch of every game. It used to just be like a Sunday night baseball gimmick, right. and now it's kind of in every single broadcast um, of every regular season game in baseball, which I don't love it, but you know, you do see a lot of the mistakes that these home plate umpires can make. Um, and more so, more so in, in, uh, pitches that don't matter, you know, like you saw yesterday where it was, you know, I can't remember how many runs we were up by and you know, whatever it was, but you saw him give a pitch that's off the plate. It's the same in like three O counts. Like the, the zone expands more than it should in a three O count. And I think that's what everybody just wants to see is consistency and integrity and knowing that you're going to have the same strike zone, whether it's 0-2 or 3-0, whether you're up by seven or a tie game. And I think that that can be easily accomplished. It's just a matter of how you, um, you know, kind of get that into the game without making the game seem synthetic, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would uh, I would absolutely agree with you. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, Eric Burns um, from MLB Network actually did a minor league game as a home plate umpire being fed balls and strikes. And his biggest takeaway was, you know, it, it felt just like a normal baseball game. The only difference is there wasn't one blown call from balls or strikes. Personally, I'm all for it just because I want to get the call right. I do think you're right about the, the digital box being there, being a distraction because yeah, you might disagree or, or maybe love that you got a call, but at the same time, you're paying attention to something that, isn't really like the game itself. You're putting more focus on the umpires, who I think it should be background like pieces. Game. It feels more like a video game than you're watching baseball. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, another controversial thing, and I'll preface this with saying, Phil, I, I looked up your stats. You're 0 for 17 in your career. Um, <laughs> the DH in the National League, as as a pitcher, as a player, are you for that or against that? Um, I think there should be universal DH, in my opinion. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I don't think that people pay money to come to a baseball game to watch um, pitchers hit. I mean, it's... Oh, I love you. Guys are so one-dimensional <laughs> nowadays that, you know, it, it was one thing back in the day, right, where, you know, guys would hit and they would and they would pitch and, and they practiced everything and, and that was baseball. Nowadays, you know, if you're good at pitching when you're 12 years old, you're going to pitch and that's it for, you know, until you're done with baseball. So I don't, I don't agree with 
um, this thing that, you know, oh, baseball is, is meant to be this way. Um, you know, nobody wants to go and watch a guy that could they could pluck out of the stands and take that bat, you know. Uh, <laughs> Joey Lucchese is a perfect example of that, and I love Joey, but, like, nobody wants to see him take swings. And so I'm, I'm all for the universal DH. Um, whether it happens um, in the next five years or 50 years, I don't know when, but it, I think it will happen. Um, you know, I, I'm all for that. Okay. You have all the right answers, man. Yeah. All the right answers. You're doing well, Phil. You're doing well. And you've been very generous with your time. So we just have just a few more. And by the mm-hmm. way, I'm, I'm completely on board with the DHing. Not all pitchers rake. Like no. I, I can't. Very few, actually. <laughs> very few rake, yeah. Okay. Phil, why do pitchers suck so bad at hitting? Like, is it, are they just like, do they really, they're hyper focused on their pitching and, you know, hitting just goes by the wayside? Yeah, I mean, it's such a different thing. You know, if you have a good arm and, and you train and practice, you know, using your arm for you know say 15 years you're not going to be a good hitter like that just doesn't come naturally you know it'd be like it'd be like one of you guys just going up there and being like oh well i you know i'm really good at you know soccer so i should be able to hit you know it's (laughs) (laughs) that uh, no matter what you know you can you can practice a little bit your bunting and and bp and stuff but if you're not naturally a gifted hitter it's just not gonna it's just not gonna be a thing so yeah um, you know, there's some guys that are just really good athletes that can do both. And, and even like good, you know, what is a good pitching or a good hitting pitcher hit over the course of a season? I mean, it's not like astounding. Probably right. 230. Yeah. <laughs> they're I like, had to guess. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. just one of those things. I mean, hitting's, hitting's hard. Pitching's hard. You know, you don't, you don't see position players that often that get on the mound that can, um, you know, blow their fastball by guys. You know, usually <laughs> the only reason they get outs is because they're pitching under the hitting speed, you know, so. Um, it's just one of those things. It's not as easy as it looks, I guess. So that's yeah. probably yeah. the reason. Pitching uh, under the hitting speed is exactly what I do in adult baseball. So I, I can, <laughs> I can uh, not hitting under hitting speed is exactly what I do in yeah. adult baseball. I can get on board with that. So a couple uh, Twitter questions here before we let you go or Padres Twitter related. Phil, you love to cook. Um, that's that's evident on your bio and just interacting with you on Twitter. Have you heard of the hashtag Padres Meat Twitter? Oh my God! Uh, no, I haven't. I don't. Do I want to know what that is? Oh yes. yeah, yes, you, you actually, do. you actually do. So there's a section of us on Twitter that love to cook, also. So what we do okay. is when we make some good shit, we take a picture of it and we hashtag it Padres Meat Twitter. Would okay. you ever get on board with that? I know you're busy during the season, but next time you cook something, can you hashtag it Padres Meat Twitter? Yeah, I will. Okay. Uh, and you can to, check out the the hashtag first, make sure I'm not bullshitting you. Is that just the hashtag? What's that? Does it have to be meat related? You Ideally. can cook anything. Just, I mean, they throw soup on there if there's meat in there. Okay, so if it's like a vegan meal, it's out. It can't be meat. Uh, Phil, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> I was say I don't think uh, I don't think you'll have any restrictions. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. If I put something vegan out there, I'd probably get crapped on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can check it out. Make sure check out Padres Meat Twitter first, just so you can see I'm not full of shit and it's not some porn <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> check it out. And Padres Meat Twitter. Stuff? Now. Yeah. Uh, well. You mentioned when we first interacted, you made an Office reference. So I'm assuming you're a big Office fan. Who's your favorite uh, character from The Office? Um, see, this is hard because I feel like everybody kind of shits on you if your favorite character is one of the most popular ones. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, Michael Scott is but is one of the best characters in TV history. Period. Like, Agreed. I don't think it's like everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's such a you know cop out. But it's true. Like he is that character was seriously so funny. Oh yeah, um, I so mean, it's it, it, my my favorite you know character of all time for sure. Amen. I like that. Now, are you pro Scott's tots, or do you never want to see that again? <laughs> that was such a good episode. That was so funny. I, I who made a reference to that? I think it was. Um, I that think was it me. Was, or no, yeah, it was something like uh, that. Uh, I'm forgetting his name now. When I left him tickets. Oh, oh Ryan, Ryan Cohen. Ryan yeah, Cohen. we got the 500 we tweets, and it was like, oh my god, it's like. It's like Scott's tots all over again, like a promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amen. That's amazing. So, so we, we put it out there, Phil, and we asked for uh, Padres Twitter. We said, hey, give us a lot of questions. We'll pick one from Padres Twitter. And, um, full, I mean, not full surprising here. Not surprising anyone. People came up lame. But uh, Aaron, <laughs> ghost of NCA, he says, uh, what's your favorite prank Jim ever pulled on Dwight? Um, I think it's where he uh, he made everything at his desk cardboard, and it was wrapped 
Christmas present. <laughs> I just saw that episode too. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was my favorite one. Where he had his he had his desk wrapped up like it was a present. That's great. He's like, oh, oh this is gonna take me two seconds to unwrap, and he sits down <laughs> and he had replaced everything with cardboard underneath it. That was hey, that was really really good. I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with that. So last question, or actually, um, just two more. I swear. Um, okay. The your answer to this cannot be they are all great. You have to pick an option. Padres Twitter, Twins Twitter, Yankees Twitter. Pick one. Oh, Padres Twitter. Think yes, man. Fair. No hesitation. Yeah, that's not even a question. I don't think um, Twins Twitter was okay. Um, they had like a few bloggers and a few kind of like. Uh, really passionate fans, but it was not not to this level. And Yankees Twitter is weird. Yankees Twitter is uh, like really just kind of hateful, and um, and and like newspapers still dominate the media there. Oh. So you don't see as much like people trying to crack into that, um, you know, kind of that kind of opinion section when it comes to baseball because writers and like newspapers have such a stranglehold still on. Um, that baseball market. So, I mean, it's Padres Twitter, hands down. God, can you imagine Yankees Twitter? Yeah. Oh, no, maybe we'll check that out. Um, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I had, um, I, I went back and looked at how many people I had blocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think it was like over 700 or something. Oh, oh my boy. gosh. I'm actually not like a blocking person, but it was from, it was from my last year in New York in 2013. I was awful. And like, honestly, it was, uh, it was pretty rough. So. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, yeah. now you're here with the greatest, <laughs> the greatest of fan Twitters. One last question, Phil, because, of course, we are ecstatic to have you on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Would any other Padre, any other of your buddies or teammates on there be willing to come on? <laughs> um, I think they would, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah? Basically, all you have to do, um, and this goes for, like, every major league clubhouse, is get the PR guys on board. Uh-huh. And if they recommend you to go on something, usually guys will do it. And I, I could always, I could always uh, kind of be the uh, liaison in that process as well. I'm trying to think of who would be a good guest, though. I feel like we got to get Maton on just to make it up to him. <laughs> Maton, yeah. Oh, a good intro would be to uh, pretend like he's me and be like, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, we were, we were like another Phil. We were looking for another Phil. Yeah, uh, yeah no, he, he'd be good. He'd be good. I think, yeah, uh, guys are, guys on the team are really gracious. I think a lot of guys would do it actually. That's awesome. Right. That's awesome, Phil. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, my buddy here, Danny, is a noted single father. Uh, oh, God. Your wife is gorgeous. Does she have any single friends that might be interested in a single dad? <laughs> I am a replacement-level adult a, league player. I will warn her now. My wife's from Connecticut. Oh. Uh, so, so all her friends are East Coasters, um, which, can be, which can be a hurdle. You but. can just tell me no, Phil. You sound like the girls on <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> Uh, Phil, you're the man, dude. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Just know every time I interact with you on Twitter, I'm there to ri- to rise up with you, man. I'm, I'm there <laughs> with you. We appreciate your time, man. No, it was a long time coming. I'm glad we uh, could uh, work this out and, and do it. It was fun. All right, man. Right on. Well, hey, good luck in Milwaukee, and uh, I'll be seeing you next week at the ballpark during the Angel Series. All right, thanks. All right, Thank later, you so Phil. much, Phil. Yeah, see you guys. Man, that was fucking cool, dude. That was fucking cool. That was amazing. I don't yeah. even know what to say right now. Yeah. So, I mean, when we started this this thing, we're like, hey, we just want to get like a press pass to Elsinore. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. And we got that. And now, like, we got a an actual, like, active Padres player and the best guy on Padres Twitter. Phil Easily. Hughes, to come onto our show, man. Like, it's, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. So I'm oh. stoked. All I know is, is that when that shit sack drunk flan drops one of those trolling polls about who's the best podcast, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're going to win, at least for a little bit. Yeah, man. And the thing is, like, I don't have exactly here how long that was, but I asked, I didn't want to ask too much. Like, he he stayed for a long time, and I, I wasn't expecting that at all. So he's very gracious with his time. So please, guys, if you listen to this, go on Twitter. It's at PJHughes45. Say, hey, Phil, thanks for coming on the 5.5 podcast, because that was... Uh, that was really cool. And I'll be honest, I thought this whole time that the, he mentioned the Padres media and the PR staff. I, I was, thought they were going to shit on it. I was expecting a, a SWAT team to kick the door down and yeah. drag our asses out of here. I was I was <laughs> waiting for that. So, um, yeah, the long-awaited, as he said, long time coming. Phil Hughes' appearance on the 5.5 podcast is in the books. 
Um, thanks so much for tuning in. In the uh, spirit and memoriam of uh, Benny Vera, do you want to tell that story that he told to your Uncle Bobby about watching him play baseball? Oh, God, I can't do that. Come do on. I have to do it? Come on. I got a couple of good it's, ones. It's the greatest. About okay. him sitting on the bench. Oh, my God. I'm going to be murdered for this, assuming he knows <laughs> how to uh, turn his phone on. So, uh, my grandfather, I love dearly, idolized this man, right? Big part of my life. He came to one game when I was young. I happened to throw a runner out from center field and for the rest of my life I heard about what a great arm I had little <laughs> did he know um but uh a, a gripe my godfather my uncle his son had with him is that he never really took the time to go watch him play and when I asked him one day Tata how come you never go see uh, how come you never went to go see your son play and his answer was why would I want to go to the game to see him sit on the bench I can see him sit at home <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, how, how that, that's he's, fucking he's funny. classically witty. Yeah. He's classically witty. That is funny. So, I mean, the episode starting on somber note, ending on a high note with Phil Hughes. I mean, I, I don't, I have nothing else to say. You have anything else before we go? I love you, grandpa. Let's yeah. get the hell out of here. Well, we'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Hey everybody, it's Phil Hughes of the San Diego Padres and you're listening to the 5.5 podcast.